0: Hey there, my name is Aaron Deal, and I'm a half-Southern, half-Midwestern mama, some call this voice a nasal twang, who took $5,000 to build and scale a one-of-a-kind experiential organization that improves the lives of corporate professionals through personal development, humanity, and humor. Along the way, I've built client relationships with some of the most notable companies in the country, all while attracting a rock star team of experts and hilarious facilitators. Sounds pretty awesome, right? Well, what I didn't tell you is that my resume also includes a long list of comedy shows I bombed, improv teams I didn't make, companies who told me no, and many a heartache when it came to becoming a mother. I want to show you the real deal of the grit, creativity, and determination it takes to overcome your disappointments, embrace the suck, and design the career you could only dream about. I believe we all have our own unique gifts that we bring to the world, and it is our mistakes that help to unwrap them. Welcome to Failed It. Welcome to Failed It, the podcast that reminds you, you have to fail in order to improve. I'm Erin Deal, the founder of Improve It and your host, and today... I am so stinking excited to have my friend, Jay Brown, on the show. So here's Jay's resume, sans failures. So, Jay Brown serves as the HR Director for Hub International, leading the HR function for the Midwest-West Division. Now, in her role, Jay is a member of the Executive Management Team, providing strategic insight and support across the Midwest-West Division on all aspects of HR, including employee relations, diversity and inclusion, talent acquisition, compensation, performance management, organizational design, and career development. Just a few things. So additionally, she is the executive sponsor for the Midwest West Diversity and Inclusion Council and a member of the organizing team for the Hub Women Network ERG. Now, prior to joining Hub, Jay worked in roles of increasing responsibility in claims administration and human resources at Allstate Insurance Company before continuing her career in human resources at BMO Financial Group. Now, Miss Jay received an MBA and BS degrees in HR management and general management from the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Hello, my Southern friend. Um, And has her PHR and SHRM CP designations. She is the Education Chair for Chicago SHRM and mentors youth with Posse Chicago and Chicago Scholars. She is a 2020 Chicago Urban League Impact Leadership Development Fellow, 2019 Black Queens of Chicago, 2018 Wall Street and the Black Future Leader, and 2016 Chicago Scholars 35 Under 35 Honoree. Oh, Jay, that is amazing. So, Jay (laughs) Jay lives in Bronzeville with her husband, Frank, and her daughter, Miss Kylie. Jay, what a stinking resume. Thank you so much for being
1: here. Thank you so much for having me and how humbling to hear you actually read that. <laughs> you need the reminder sometimes. So right. Thank you.
0: That's a lot of success, lady. <laughs> that's Success in a nutshell, if I've ever had it come out of my mouth.
1: Well, thank you, kindly.
0: You're welcome. Well, I wanted to share with our listeners a personal note, how you and I know each other. So um, Jay and I met through Chicago Sherm, which you heard in her bio. Um, and I quickly took to her energy, her positive personality, and her zest for life and all things diversity and inclusion. She encouraged me, Jay, don't know if you remember this, on my infertility journey. And she helped pave the way for where my son first attended daycare. Woo! So. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Now, when the tragic death of George Floyd occurred, she released a video on her Instagram that literally made me just weep. And to know that a person that I deeply admire had these feelings of sadness, frustration, anger caused by the racial injustice, it really rocked me to my core. And I reached out to Jay and I was like, what can I do? And after allowing Jay some time to process, she and I Both agreed that having a conversation about allyship is the way to go um, with her role at Hub, her amazing leadership. So I and together, I and our audience, we have so much to learn from you. And I just want to hear how we can take some of the failures that we as a society have had and ultimately use that to invoke change. So, Jay, let's get to failing it. Let's do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, I mean, you and I, first of all, I just thank the world of you. And as you can hear audience from her bio and her her success resume, she has so much to offer the world. And so I'm going to start off with a really big question, Jay. And, um, you know, I know this is, the Failed It podcast has its own sort of format. And today I want to take it on a deeper level, and I want to talk about failures as a society. So I have a big question. How have we as a nation failed at discussing and recognizing racism? Ooh, that is
1: a big question. That's a big one, isn't it? That's a big big old question. Let's start off big. Yes. Um, Okay. So honestly and candidly, I think I know where we have failed is that we haven't discussed and recognized it. So, you know, when it comes up or when a situation happens, in the past it's been addressed for a moment and then not addressed again until there's another event or a prompt. Um, We haven't properly documented or rewrote history to fully discuss, for example, slavery in school history class. Um, I remember talking to a couple of friends and we were reflecting, and like you said, um, I'm born and raised in the South and remember conversations that we would have in class about slavery and talk to friends that you know grow, grew up here in Chicago or in other areas outside of the South. And it was for the most part, the same story where it was more about it being a business transaction and not the inhumane treatment of black people. Like it was never, you know, discussed or articulated to display the, the level of inhumanity that was associated with it. And so that is a failure, you know, in not, accurately reflecting what it is, let's call it what it was, right? And then I also, in line with that too, we have not recognized that Black people are behind 400 years in the wealth building process. I could go down a whole other path of a really good friend that can literally give you facts and data around reparations and the importance of that and the business case, which doesn't really take a rocket scientist or a historian to really understand the power of reparations or the significance of them. But we're literally 400 years behind. This is not my analogy, but I will share it because I heard it and I and I probably won't get it completely right. But I heard a woman talk about the analogy of monopoly. And if you just think about if you're playing the game of monopoly and the one person has the opportunity to go around the board 400 times before you ever get a turn, 400 times. And then you get your chance to go. Well, naturally by then Most of the, all of the properties, let's just be honest, all of the properties are bought. So wherever you land, you're paying somebody else and you already are starting with nothing in the bank. So how do you build 400 years behind? It, It just, we have not recognized that. We have not addressed that. We have not adequately discussed that. So those would be some of the failures, I would say, that we as a nation have achieved and are still failing at. You know, we still have opportunities with that.
0: Jay, that is some powerful stuff right there, girl. And I, I, if we can find that um, analogy, I don't know if you saw it on social or anywhere, we'll link to it in in the uh, show notes for our our audience here so they can take a look at that, too, because that is so powerful. 400 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I... I mentioned this earlier, but I saw the video that you put on Instagram and you and I just, we know each other professionally, but also somewhat personally. And I'm just like, just to, to be honest, I think that what you're just saying right now is something that everyone needs to hear that more videos like you created make people more comfortable talking about this. And I know um, the video that Jay created that I'm aler- alluding to is just her being real and honest and open about how frustrated she is. And and this was at the time that the George Floyd protests had just started and his death had just happened. And so, I mean, it's this is heavy stuff. And I think that the failure that you just discussed is something that if we don't continue to talk about it the failure is not talking about it right mm-hmm. so what can we learn i'm going to ask you this what can we learn from these failures is it talking about it what what would you say that is
1: yeah i just you know obviously you know me listeners don't like i don't typically go on social media a lot i definitely don't share videos And in the moment when all of this was amplified, I recognized that I had to step, take a step back. I recognized that I was having just such a reaction and needed to process it. And for me, making a video to just share the emotions that were just piling up, for me and many others that I had talked to was like just the thing that I needed to do to get that off of my chest and to try to put words to the emotions. Right. So um, to your point, I think that talking about it is so critical right now. We start with the listening and seeking to understand we move to the discussions you know, around it. But we also, I think this is key too. We have to recognize that you are learning from ours and our ancestors' lived experiences. And so while we're constantly trying to survive them or reflect on ancestors that may not have survived or loved ones that didn't survive in, in, in current times, or that have had these different experiences, you're literally learning as we're living those. And I think that that is like, as I, as I just have had these different conversations with folks, like that is powerful. Like I'm literally telling my story or an experience that a family member has had, or a close friend has had, or, you know, what picked something, right? And these are realities. And so, I think, again, it starts with, you know, just reflection, seeking to understand so listening, and then engaging in conversations, understanding that, you may not have the perfect words and that's not an expectation from, from me and, and many that I know that you have the perfect response, you know, but it's also thinking about as a nation, let's think about the weight of all of this before you ask, what can I do, right? Like do your own research, you know, going back to the reflection, take that time to reflect. Do some problem solving on your own first, then feel free to come in and check with those of us that, you know, you um, have that relationship with. But like the same energy that we bring to researching or learning about anything else that we care about. Let's bring that same energy to this. And the last thing I'll say is like above all else, as we're learning be genuine or do not do it at all. Like literally don't do it at all. If you cannot be genuine, like as much as silence is a position, I'd rather somebody be silent than be disingenuous when they come to me to check in on me and they do it the one time and then that's it. Or, you know, we come out of this Situation that we're in with the pandemic and we're back in in offices or back, you know, in spaces and it's no longer a factor for you. It's a factor for me every day. You know, I can't change the skin I'm in. I can't change the hair I have. I can't change my history. Right. And so living it every single day and I don't have the luxury of coming inside and out of it. And when I know that people are genuinely a friend, a supporter, an ally, as you mentioned earlier, that goes a very long way. So, like, again, just please be genuine or do not do it at all. That's what, as a nation, we really need to consider as we are learning and growing together and correcting these mistakes.
0: Mm. I'm giving you some snaps. yeah Okay. <laughs> At, oh, okay. First of all, I want to unpack. I just have several notes that I think listeners really take through with that. Okay. So I think that learning, you are actually learning by living it right now. That mm-hmm. I think was so powerful. There's that one saying, um, teach from your scars, not from your open wounds. I think that's mm-hmm. how it sounds. But that—that that is some powerful stuff. And then you said you don't have the luxury of going in and out of it every day. I mean, that—I literally just got chills all over my body when I said that. Like, I—I—that I, is, you know, you can't turn it off. No and I think the fact that you're teaching. You're, we're all trying to catch up. Like I'll say for myself, being white, I'm trying to catch up. I consider myself an ally, but I realize I got to learn a lot of information. I need to process, catch up, and understand, be empathetic more so. And I think that as a nation if and, and collectively as human beings, the genuine piece is, oh, I think that's truly... It's truly impactful. And I know a lot of people who listen to this show are leaders in organizations. You know, some are in HR, just like you. Some just manage and run teams. So taking that piece, that genuine piece, and really running with that says a lot. So I just wanted to highlight some of the very, very amazing points that you made. So thank you, Jay Brown, for nailing it not failing it. Um so okay, question for you. So you mentioned to when you just answered that last question, one of your comments was, you know, know that you're not going to know the right things to say. Know that, you know, and and truly I think as I've started to have more of these conversations about, you know, supporting the black community, being an ally, I've definitely become more comfortable with the uncomfortable and I've just allowed myself to say you know what you're not going to say everything perfectly I know that you know at least I'm I'm trying to understand and I'm trying to give myself that grace right mm-hmm. so I hope people listening can understand what you meant there too is that being comfortable with the uncomfortable is a big part of the process so we call that in, in at improve it, our chicken champion moment. You know about the chicken hat. Yes. You've been to some mm-hmm. workshops. So we we use that chicken hat as a way to get people automatically comfortable with the uncomfortable. Believe it or not, we still do the chicken dance over Zoom in virtual training. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So it's still there. Um so this is my question for you. What would you say is a your chicken? Champion moment. What can the white community and society learn by becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable? What is something that you would say is a lesson we can learn
1: by becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable? Yeah. So, honestly, real talk, because we, me and you, we talk real. I do not have an answer.
0: That's all right.
1: I literally like, the white community, white people, white society has to think about this, right? They have to, you have to think about this, right? Black people have operated in a world that was not made for us or considered our comfort level. So welcome to our world. (laughs) I'm just like, welcome to our world. I mean, I love it. No, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. But it's true, right? Like I, 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 I'll share something. So like one of the um, interesting sort of moments throughout this, this most recent process is I had a coworker reach out to me after we had hosted some safe spaces within our organization. And she shared with me that one thing that really resonated for her Was the concept of, and I'm doing air quotes, the talk. And she was like, I never understood or had ever heard of the talk. And so, for the listeners, when we say the talk, it refers to the conversation that our parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles had to have with us as young children, definitely leading up to being of age to drive. And that I and my husband, Frank, have to have with Kylie and any other, you know, children or nieces, nephews, godchildren, et cetera, about how you behave or conduct yourself if you come into a situation with law enforcement and, you know, making sure that you, you know, announce that you are going for your registration, you know, from the glove compartment or grabbing your wallet from a, a, announcing it. You have to announce before you put your hand to your pocket to grab your wallet, you know, for men or women, you know, to grab uh, men or women, to grab your, your, your purse, um, et cetera. Like literally I remember my dad having this conversation with, me and my brothers. And it would also be like just walking down the street or when you go out, you know, into crowds. And so like we have had to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable for our entire lives. And the difference, going back to the earlier point, the difference is that you get to learn it while we have to live it. Mm, hmm I need for white people in the white community to think about this. Put yourself in that position. Reflect on that. When you don't have a choice, how do you build up the strength and the courage and the stamina, you know, to be comfortable with the uncomfortable? Mm.
0: Jay, this, honestly, I feel... There's an exercise that we do at Improve It called Empathy, and it's I encourage people to do exactly what you just said, Mm -hmm. which is to think about how, how it feels to be comfortable with the uncomfortable every single day. And the exercise is literally, so you just told your story. I think all listeners, I'm giving you an improv tip here. Please put it on pause. Go back, rewind, rewind, you know, move yes. the little cursor back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we tell an age? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> take the tape, rewind it. And then, but truly put up, take a moment, go back and listen to exactly what Jay just said about becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable and then repeat it out loud in first person. And that is what true empathy, I think, really is. Because when I just heard you say these words and say, you know, the talk and have to, you know, have this conversation with Kylie, your amazing, wonderful, happy-go-lucky, beautiful daughter, that's something that, I, to me, is what is so unfair. It's just so unfair. And I think that... It's less about what I think, it's more about what I want people to understand. And so if I'm talking to anybody in this audience, it's, especially if you are white and listening to this, please take that exercise of empathy, go back and listen to what Jay just said, and put yourself in that situation. Use an I statement, because if people, like you said, you can't, you can't change You can't go in and out of being Black, right? You can't. So this is every day. And I think that Black Lives Matter, this movement happened a couple years ago. It came in and it faded out. And now it's like the big topic of conversation. But if we don't continue to recognize it and have these crucial conversations and empathize with people that are of the Black community, I don't know where where the change is going to happen. So please do that. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. my, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, excuse my diatribe, but you're just, you're bringing some good nuggets here. <laughs> so I got to recap them. So let me ask you this. You mentioned earlier, you know, Reaching, doing your research, and I—I I failed it when I reached out to you. I saw your video, and I was like, "Oh my God, Jen, what can I do?" But it just moved me. So I sucked um, and didn't do my research, and I was like, "What can I do?" But you're like, I, you know, I—I I just I deeply care about you, and and I and I realize that I think that that's something I, you know, now know I should do, and I hope others listen and follow suit, but. How do we nail it versus fail it at being an ally? So what are some ways that we best support and check in on our Black colleagues at work? How, is, how do we do that? And is it appropriate?
1: Yeah. You know, so I want to pause on one thing, though. Like, you and I have a relationship, right? So yeah. I go back to the earlier point of, of genuine, you know, um, the authenticity that's associated with the outreach. I know you are an authentic and genuine person, somebody that I have a lot of respect for, somebody that I've had some amazing conversations with over wine and otherwise, Uh Uh you know, like we connect, you know, so you reaching out because I know you, I trust you, I consider you a friend, that was fine, you know, because also it gave us an opportunity to connect and process a bit together, and then also go off and do our own work and then bam, here we are this morning, right? So-
0: Real early, real, real early, by e- the Real way, early everything.
1: with my cup of coffee. Yeah. But where you have those relationships and there's that genuine or authentic, you know, nature to that relationship, I think that that's going to come through. Um, and I'll speak for myself, that has come through from the folks that, again, I have a relationship with that who have reached out. Um, you know, for others, I think just in, you know, maybe we're building a relationship or to your point, maybe we we work together. Um, maybe we're new co-workers. You know, I'm in a new space. I'm in a new workplace or work environment. And I have to say, I have appreciated the outreach, but that the outreach that has been sort of continual, if you will, and not just like Again, what can I do to support you um it's I, I've heard it from many you know many different sort of examples, if you will from from colleagues just I need to understand your story more or I want to learn I want to get to know you more. I know we have started down that path, you know as you've joined this is a literal conversation you know as you've joined um but I recognize that. I haven't always taken the time to like listen and actually learn about people and their experiences. I was like, oh, okay, well, let's have a conversation. And we had a conversation and again, it felt genuine and authentic and it has continued It's actually resulted in me having or, or us having a standing meeting now. Um, we've had one and we're gonna continue that, you know, and it also is an opportunity for me Um, To learn from them, too, because I mean, that's the thing that people need to understand, like the same way that non black colleagues or uh, individuals are processing and uh, again, living these experiences. We're also learning, too, because we're also learning about friends or family that had experiences that we had no idea about, you know, or they're processing like all black people don't process the same spoiler alert um just like all <laughs> white people don't process the same or all pick something right pick a person pick a, a individual like it's not a a generalization if you will um from that perspective we're all individual humans multidimensional we all process and 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 have emotions that um are different and unique to us right yep and so uh just the the power of like the genuine outreach Um, Again, back to your earlier points, like doing some reflecting and problem solving and coming forward with, like, in my research, I found uh, this organization. I'm a, I'm a, you know, plug this one, My Block, My Hood, My City. And I want to get more involved. Do you know about this organization? What are your thoughts? Are there others I should look into? Right? Like, I read White Fragility or, listen to an interview with Robin DiAngelo. Um, These were my takeaways. This really resonated for me, you know, and I just wanted to share that. And understand that when you do the outreach, you may not get a response back. Please don't expect a response back. Because again, we, you, all of us are individuals. We process different ways. And so in the moment, it, it may be received and appreciated and respected, but I, as an individual, may still be working through how I'm processing it. And so I might not be ready to engage. Or you might get, thank you so much for reaching out, period. You know? And then maybe weeks later, there's, you know, an opportunity to connect and re engage, right? So I think just respecting. The fact that everybody is on this journey, um, their own personal individual journey. So when you do the check in again, genuinely check in after reflecting and problem solving, know that it is appreciated by many, but they may not be able to process or put into words how they're feeling or just want to engage in the moment. And don't please don't take that personal like just give space you know and 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 do the outreach though if it is genuine i just i cannot stress that enough you know cuz oh, i i have had the non genuine or the inauthentic outreach and i've had the very authentic outreach and i know the difference and i am not alone there so
0: <laughs> yep yep and and if i'm listening just hearing what you say Mm-hmm. It's for that person reaching out, it's about the person you're reaching out to. If mm-hmm. you're reaching out to make yourself feel better mm-hmm. or,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: I think that is where you feel the disingenuine, you know, yes. unauthentic um, outreach. Mm-hmm. So really just like like Jay just said, it's really I, what I love that you said is, you know, I'm every person processes differently. So each response may be different, but go in not expecting a response. I think that's what was beautiful, what you said. It's just that we're all human, we're all processing, it, and people process at different rates. Right? So mm-hmm. just to even, I mean, I, uh, okay, I'm going to stop there because I can keep going on, on about it. I'm going to have so much more to ask you and so little time. <laughs> so, okay, let me ask you this. Again, big Q. Mm-hmm. So, once we've acknowledged that racial inequality and the need for systematic and cultural changes here, which we have, right, mm-hmm. what would you say today if somebody listening was like, what is one tangible step that they could take to support the Black Lives Matter movement what is one tangible step that you want a listener to walk away with today?
1: Mm. Okay so <clears throat> I think the education piece is so critical here and learning about our history this is a this is the collective history right there are gaps in history you know um, we just Acknowledged and celebrated a key moment in history that many had no idea about, and that's Juneteenth, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. there are gaps in history, so the education is really important, and there's so many resources out there for you, for us, for everyone to learn about our collective history. And so, take the time. To educate yourself. And if you are a parent like myself and Erin, please expose, like, if you are in a community, for instance, that doesn't have a lot of diversity, find ways to expose your children to diverse communities or diverse experiences or people from diverse backgrounds. And if that is enrolling them in a dance class or a musical class or, you know, going to another neighborhood for tutoring or for summer camp or, you know, like pick something. Children are in all kinds of activities now, right? And instead of going to the traditional places that you might go, venture out and expose your children to The diversity that is all around us. They are our future leaders, right? And we should, I know I do, want better for Kylie than myself and those who came before me. I want her to be in a world where her interactions with people of all backgrounds is just that she's interacting with people of all backgrounds and she's not being judged on the basis of her skin color. And as she reminded me, and as she recalls from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Judged on the content of my character. This was her little reminder, you know, and not even little reminder, her big reminder to myself and my husband, Frank, while we were reading about the history of Bronzeville, which is where we live in Chicago um, on Sunday, that just, you know, came up for her that she wanted to share. Like, I want her and I would anticipate that we should want our kids. Like, our world is diverse. And if you don't expose your children to diversity at a young age, then they grow up not being exposed and having a lot of these aha moments that they could have addressed or understood or learned about at an earlier age. You know, so, so it's, it, it, and it all is uh, again, up under this umbrella of education, yep. you know, and they're hidden figures. Kylie and I just watched Hidden Figures There's so many movies that are made. So it's not even just the history. It's also like recognize and support the work of black actresses and and actors and artists and black businesses. Educate yourself.
0: Love it. Oh, Jay. (sighs) You're like a breath of fresh air <laughs> at 730 in the morning. You're a breath of fresh air. That's when we're recording this peeps. So with coffee, I love that with coffee, so <laughs> much coffee. We've had wine before, mm-hmm. well, a couple, a couple, lots of wine, lots, lots of, coffee. of wine, lots, of, lots of wine. So, okay. I want to <laughs> definitely take from that um, a couple things. I would love to, Link in the show notes when you mention educate Mm -hmm. and just making you know making your your surroundings more diverse, choosing and putting that at the forefront of everything you do. I love that Mm -hmm. so much. Um, I also want to link in the show notes to a video you sent me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called "From Awareness to Action: The Path Toward Meaningful Allyship." by Dr. Evelyn Carter. So we'll link to that. Um, Link to the book "White Fragility" that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and if you have any other resources on education, let me know. We'll just put them all in that those show notes. Um, and you mentioned the Dr. Robin D'Angelo video you're going to send me. I'll put mm-hmm. that in there as well because I think education is a is a wonderful first step. And then I love what you said about being cognizant of parents, especially. And I, man, so Jay knows my, my whole story and, and fertility. And I will say this real this free 99 advice um, to everyone is that for John and I, that is the forefront of everything we do and think about. And um, I think that creating a world that we have the power, just like Jay said, to really create a world where our children have a better life and they don't know as much of the racial injustice that we've had to see and experience in our lives. And I'll even say this, like a lot of our interns and just young women that I've mentored are of of Gen Z. They're a different generation. And their just vigor and just passion for equality and evoking change is so much stronger than I even feel like mine because I'm an elder millennial, okay? I'm the elder of the millennials, so very elder. <laughs> and so, so I think that our their generation coming up is, is is bold and powerful. And if we can even instill that, you know, you've got, how old Kylie? Five? Is she five? No.
1: Ooh, She's old. child. She is six, about to be seven next month. Oh. It's- too much.
0: She's a teenager. Okay. Yeah, she I is. Just, She's a teenager. Mm-hmm. She is a teenager. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, even, I just, I love what you said there. So parents, I know we have a lot of parents who listen to the show. Please, please, again, take heed. Um, so, Jay, I'm going to ask you, we're, we're, we're going back somewhat to the failed it podcasts and I questions here, we kind of derayed from my normal (laughs) or or strayed from what I normally go through on your resume. I want to go back to you for a minute. Okay. (laughs) So what if you could have your life in a hashtag, what would your life's mantra be?
1: Favorite mantra is trust the timing of your life. Oh, and that is, that is hashtag. That is the hashtag.
0: Hashtag trust the timing of your life. What would you do, Jay Brown, if you knew you could not
1: fail? Oh, goodness. I reflected on this. Okay. I would live abroad and I do not know where, but I would totally do that. Just go live somewhere for a year that I've never lived before and slash or start a consultancy so like launch out on my own and that could still happen but it has been put in my mind multiple times both from myself you know processing through it and then also from others so if I knew I could not fail I would live abroad and start a consultancy
0: I love it all right. Well, just tell me where you're going. I'm coming to visit. Okay. Right? I'll let you know. Okay. All right. Pack my <laughs> suitcase. <laughs> Get lots of hand sanitizer and masks.
1: That's, uh, that's right. So that won't be <laughs> happening for a
0: while. <laughs> okay. All the Lysol wipes. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then let me ask you this. What did you fail at today? And again, it's <sighs> 730 when we started this. So what did you fail at yep.
1: today? Yep. Already though, the snooze. I hit the snooze. Yep. Had to be five times. So why did they even bet? snooze? but I did recognize that I got a hustle. I have a hustle in me, though. I have a hustle because I was committed to being in my chair 15 minutes before this podcast and I did it. But I failed at this snooze button.
0: But you nailed making it here on time because I ran in <laughs> like a bat out of hell. And I'm like, hey, Jay, just gave my dirty diaper to kid to my, my, my husband. Uh, so you nailed it. Okay. All right. Now, this is a surprise. You don't know about this. This mm-hmm. is a special round. We call the Fail Yeah lightning round, Jay. Okay. Okay. So there's a little improv and thinking quickly on your feet here. So here's what it is. You got this. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and Mm -hmm. you have to respond as fast as you can with only one word answers. Okay. Good Lord. I know, I know you got this, but know that you can't fail. But if you do, I'm going to say fail, yeah. Okay, (laughs) just like that, in like a weird, creepy, fail, yeah, voice. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) you ready for the fail, yeah, lightning round, J? Fail,
1: yeah. Okay. Let's do it. All
0: right. All right. One word to describe your early career green. (laughs) <laughs> one word to describe where you're currently at in your career:
1: blessed.
0: Ooh, one word to describe your future self:
1: thriving.
0: Ooh, abroad and with their own consultancy. Okay, yeah. one word to describe your favorite boss: authentic. One word to describe your least favorite boss:
1: micromanager.
0: Oh, one word. To- <laughs> That's a hyphenated word. So I'm giving yeah. you that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. One word to describe your management style. Servant. Oh, and one word to describe your fashion style, just for
1: fun. One word. Mm-hmm. I know. Ugh.
0: Threw this one in there. Thought it would be fun.
1: Conservative. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mad about it. I am. Kylie <laughs> highly challenges me on it. Like, it's so blah. Like, maybe that was the word blah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Okay. And then kind <laughs> of compose myself. All right. One word to describe Jay Brown. Unique. Oh, and then one word to describe this interview. Powerful. Okay, Jay. <laughs> you, you failed it. You failed it. So you failed it. Okay, so tell everybody how they can find you if they want to connect with you online.
1: All right. So I am on LinkedIn. Um you can find me Jaya Brown. I go by Jay, but Jaya Brown. Um Jay, I have an apostrophe after the J A I Brown. She'll find me. I'm out there. She's there. <laughs> and then I, I mentioned I, I don't do a lot of um social media, but I do have uh I have two Instagram pages, but one that I'm actually um focusing on. I am little fun fact, I am adopted and I am in the midst of learning more about my story, my journey. And so I created a page, it is JLB underscore pieces of me to share the pieces of me related to my adoption story and journey so I would invite people to to follow me there learn ask questions share yeah I just
0: followed it I didn't know that existed until recently it's
1: very new 2020 so I'm
0: very excited about that
1: it was my 2020 goal (laughs) love
0: it Love it. Okay. So I want to just say, first of all, to our listeners, thank you guys so much for listening. And to Jay, thank you so much. I I can't even describe to you how powerful. That is a great word to describe this interview, how powerful it was. I just adore you. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to chat with you. So everybody else, until next time, I'm Erin Deal. Fail yeah, my friends. Fail yeah. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Failed It. I'm so happy you're along for the ride. And if you enjoyed today's show, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. I'll see you next week, but wanna leave you with this thought. What will you fail at today and how will that help your future successful self? Think about it. I'm proud of you and you are totally failing it. See you next time.